Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's a Monday morning, and you've got Joe Welke here to help you get those chores done. And that was Brad Paisley, Mud on the Tires. And um, Kristen took the day and Bob about never take comes in on Mondays but I'm here to help get the chores done. We're going to be talking about the USDA's annual acreage report and the stocks, uh crop stocks that are in storage. We're going to talk about how Wisconsin supported the meat industry, the meat processing industry. Now the USDA is supporting them as well and Organic Valley is having uh, launching a branded merchandise store. We'll also be hearing from Charity, and she interviewed Jerry Miner from the Pittsville. He's the Pittsville Fire Chief about rural responders and how farmers should be inviting those firefighters on the farm to get them you know, acclimated to what happens on the farm. And in case there's an emergency, they can help them out because I've been around when there's been somebody stuck in the grain bin and. They knew what to do to help get him out, and and it was a successful um, rescue for everybody. And so we've got a lot of stuff to get through this morning. We'll be doing our markets. We'll be even looking at some June rainfall that came through over the weekend. Markets are open today, but they'll be closing tonight, and they won't be open again until Wednesday morning. So... That's a little update on our markets. Let's take a look at our weather. For today, we're supposed to be 93 and hot. 
Mostly sunny with a chance of rain tonight. Tonight, 68. Tomorrow, 89. Tomorrow night, 65 to watch the last of those fireworks. Wednesday, 77. Thursday, 76. Friday, 82. Saturday and Sunday, both 81. Mostly sunny through the week. And there were a few chances of rain um, in the evenings that were on the list. But we'll hear from more from Mike Dandria. And he'll get much more specific on what's going to go on. Hopefully we do get some rain because, boy, is that dry and the ground is hard out there. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new rams at ChilsonMotors.com. And that's weather on wax 104.5. Well, we better get through some chores here. We'll get a little music before we head right into the news. We've got a lot of stuff to get through this morning. We're almost a minute after 5 o'clock, and let's hear from our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Parts of the U.S. are at risk for more severe weather ahead of the 4th of July. The National Weather Service issued hazardous weather alerts for more than 100 million Americans during the extended holiday weekend. Heavy rain flooded the streets in Chicago and areas of Kentucky on Sunday. Thunderstorms may develop today across the mid-Atlantic region and portions of the northern Great Plains. Meantime, excessive heat warnings are in effect across the south, where temperatures could approach 110 degrees in some places. Former Vice President Mike Pence agrees with U.S. support of Ukraine, but says President Biden has been acting too slowly. They promised 33 Abrams tanks back in January. Now they're telling him it'll be Mm -hmm. September at the earliest. Speaking on CBS Face the Nation, Pence said the Biden administration has not delivered on weapons it promised months ago. Pence just returned from Ukraine, where he met with President Volodymyr Zelensky. Pence praised Zelensky, the Ukrainian people, and the Ukrainian military, saying they're the reason Russia has gone from being the second most powerful military in the world to being the second most powerful military in Ukraine. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen planning to visit China this week. The Treasury Department made that announcement on Sunday, saying Yellen is expected to discuss a number of financial issues with senior Chinese officials. It's part of the Biden administration's efforts to improve relations between the world's two biggest economies. A celebrated Wimbledon champ returns to the grass court after more than a quarter century. Trey Thomas has more. Five-time Wimbledon singles champion Venus Williams will be back on center court when the world's oldest and most prestigious tournament begins on Monday. It's been 26 years since the elder of the legendary Williams sisters first played Wimbledon. I'm Trey Thomas. And Indiana Jones is back on top at box offices across the U.S. and Canada. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny opened this weekend with $60 million in ticket sales at North America's theaters. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And now it's time to take a look at some temperatures around the area. Here in Eau Claire, it's 62 degrees. Medford 53, Rice Lake 62, Wausau 59, Green Bay 61 and clear, Marshfield 59 and clear, La Crosse 64, Madison 64 and clear, and Milwaukee 63. And to our weather today is going to be hot, 93 degrees tonight, down to 68. I say down to, but it's still pretty warm. Tomorrow, 89. Tomorrow night, 65. And then we're going to get a little relief Wednesday, Thursday in the 70s. And then by the end of the weekend, by the end of the week and into the weekend, we'll be back up into the 80s. We've got some more chores to do. And then 
But we're going to hear from Madison Kwok. She was the state winner for the equine science placement at the state F- at the Wisconsin State FFA convention. And I had a chance to catch up with her, and I'm going to share that with you now. The convention was just this last month, but such good quality audio that I hate to not share it. So here we go. Get those chores done. I'm lucky enough to come down to the 94th. Wisconsin State FFA Convention. I took a walk and looked at some of the SAE projects here. The top five for each category put on a display. I caught up with Madison Kwok. She's part of the Menominee FFA and hers says equine science placement. Tell me what your project is all about. I work on the farm, on my sister's farm, and I ride all of her horses for her. I do chores over the winter while she's at school. I help stack hay. I medicate her foals and all of our other animals. Just a whole big thing of taking care of the horses while she's away. How many horses are in the herd? Well, right now we have six, but we've had as much as eight, which is a lot to take care of by yourself. (laughs) Well, and I've always said that there's not a good horse unless you take the time to ride it. Is that true? I would say that's pretty true. Um, If you don't train them, they aren't going to get any better. If you don't ride them, they aren't going to be conditioned. So the more you ride and the more connected you get with the horse, the better you're going to be. And you talked about working at your sister's farm. Like how many hours? This is before school, after school? Tell me about some of your daily chores. Um, In the winter, I get up at 4.45 and take like half hour, 45 minutes to do chores. And then after school, I'll come home. And it'll take roughly an hour or two, depending on if my mom is there to help me or not. And so about two or three hours a day, every day over the winter. And then over summer, it's probably about the same. It takes less to feed, but more time is spent riding them. You talked a little bit about feeding them. Are you ever part of deciding what their ration is? Yes, I do. While my sister is away, she um, obviously doesn't know what condition the horses are in. So I make uh, my own decisions based on if they should get more or if they need a different kind of feed or uh, if they're aged, if they need something with more fat or anything like that. And as we mentioned, we're down at the state FFA convention and you're one of the top five in the state. As one of those gold award winners, what do you get besides a gold emblem? I know you get a cash prize. You get more money for first at like the first place gets the most money and then it goes down there from fifth and then the first place will also get a big plaque and have the chance to move on to nationals well congratulations on to your sae equine science placement and that was madison quack from the menominee ffa and i'm jill welke and it was so fun to talk to those kids and madison did come home with first place so she was first gold in equine science and they just, they are so hands-on with what they do, and I always appreciate it. I um, was lucky enough to talk to a few more, and I'm going to see if I can dabble those into uh, some of my other Sunday morning news and that kind of thing, just so everybody can hear these good kids doing good things. Well, we need to be getting to our markets. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We need to be getting on to our markets, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Sliding right over to the cash livestock, choice-fed beef steers are 170 to 181 with mixed at 134 to 169. Choice-fed beef heifers are 170 to 182 with mixed at 92 to 169. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 148 to 159 with select and silage-fed steers 115 to 147. Cows are 80 to a dollar with a top of 126. Bulls are 111 to 125. Butcher hogs are 56 to 105. Sows are 32 to 36 with boars at 12 to 19. New crop market lambs are 170 to 202. Feeder lambs are 99 to 180. Ewes are 47 to 150. Small goats are 5 to 150. Medium goats are 130 to 255. Large goats are 180 to 400. And nanny goats are 10 to 300. We'll slide on over to our futures markets. Live cattle, those are all trending upward for July. For nope, we're gonna skip the June one. Let's roll right to August. One seventy seven seventeen up two sixty seven for October one seventy nine fifty five up one eighty seven. December one eighty three fifty two and a half up one eighty five. And our feeder cattle mark futures are also up for August two forty seven fifty seven up. Five dollars and twenty cents. September two fifty eighty two up five dollars. October two fifty two fifty two up four dollars and seventy cents. November two fifty two sixty five up four dollars and thirty cents. And our lean hog carcasses for July ninety five sixty five up twenty cents. August ninety two sixty up twenty seven cents. October seventy eight thirty seven down ninety seven cents and December seventy five fifteen down seventy seven cents. And we're gonna move on over to our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December is up three cents to four dollars and ninety eight cents. December oats are four oh eight up a fraction. November soybeans are thirteen eighty five up forty two cents. December soybean meal is sitting at $412 a ton up $15. December wheat is at 666 down 3 cents and our cheese markets barrels 134 and a half down a half. 40 pound blocks 133 and a half up a half. Gray double A butter 244 no change from last week. Class 3 milk July 1418 up 9 cents. August 1486 up 9 cents. September up six cents to sixteen oh two, October sixteen ninety two down three cents, and November seventeen fifty four up two cents. And there's not much movement end of the year when you uh after I looked at it. There was a lot of no changes going on. So we're going to do a few more chores and then we're going to uh I might have to move this. I don't have quite enough time. <laughs> um I'd like to get in an interview that I did at Trumple County Dairy Breakfast with the Jurassic family, talking about their whole operation and why they decided to do uh, the dairy breakfast. But we better do a few more chores first. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to take a little look at our farm news. Um, Bob reported the estimates and the the, the annual on Friday, the USDA released the annual acreage report for 2023. Farmers planted 94.1 million acres to corn in 2023. That's up 6% from last year and over 2 million more acres than previously estimated. 
Over 86 million acres are expected to be harvested for grain. That's up 9% from 2022. Acres planted to soybeans totaled 83.5 million in 2023. That's down 5% from last year and 4 million acres below the March predictions. Wheat was planted on 49.6 million acres in the United States this year. That's up 9% compared to 2022. Here in Wisconsin, farmers planted 4 million acres of corn. That's up 50,000 acres from last year and 50,000 acres above the March estimates. 2.1 million acres of soybeans were planted here in Wisconsin. That's down 60,000 acres compared to last year and down 200,000 acres from March estimates. The USDA also released data on crops and storage in the nation on Friday. Corn and storage totaled just over 4 billion bushels. That's down 6% from the same time last year. Stored soybeans totaled 796 million bushels, down 18% from June 1, 2022. Corn stored here in Wisconsin totaled 2.208 million bushels. That's up 6% from last year. And soybeans stored in the state was 26.7 million bushels. That's down 8% from last year. And Wisconsin, as a state, has been working to support the expansion of independent meat processing plants for the past few years. And now the USDA, that's at the national level, announced a new round of funds to help expand independent processing plants. Last Thursday, the USDA announced that $115 million will be awarded to 15 businesses in 17 states to help with the expansion of independent meat and poultry processing capacity across the nation. Of the latest awards, $38 million will go to help five independent processors in five different states to expand, and $77 million will go to the meat and poultry lending program in 12 states. Additionally, $4.5 million will go to community and technical colleges in seven states to help with the meat and poultry processing workforce training program. The goals of these funds are to promote meatpacking competition as well as cut back on the supply chain issues experienced during the peak of COVID-19. Farmers Union Foundation, a charitable organization that provides resources for rural economic development, will use a portion of the funds that they received to lend money to independent small and medium-sized meat processors in Minnesota, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and here in Wisconsin. And Organic Valley, the nation's largest organic farmer cooperative, has decided to launch a branded merchandise store as another way to market products from small family farms. Profits from the store go directly back to farmer members as income to help preserve the future of small family farms. The branded merchandise store features products that uses sustainable resourcing, uses eco-friendly packaging, and features farmers as models for some of the merchandise. I saw that they had small farmers t-shirts and, and the like, and I thought that was kind of an interesting article to think about, that they're using farmers that will actually benefit and turning them a little bit into models. And I think I just, it kind of tickles me a little bit to think about farmers modeling some of these clothing items and uh, getting getting out there and, you know, strutting their stuff. So we better get on to doing some more of those chores before we move on to 
charity, and she's going to talk to Jerry Miner. She's he's the Pittsville Fire Chief about rural responders and how firefighters should really be invited out to the farm to see what's happening. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Firefighters and farmers have different jobs, but both face risks as part of their everyday duties. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Pittsville Fire Chief Jerry Miner encourages farmers to invite their local department on the farm to help each other learn, as historically, many rural departments had members who grew up on farms, but that has since changed. He provides insight into what it's like responding to emergencies and how they're working to be ready to respond to these emergencies in rural areas. Springtime usually brings more wildfire issues. After the snow melt, you know, how fast we green up is going to dictate how busy we are. Wisconsin was really busy this spring with wildfires. That has slowed down currently. However, way up north, they still have some issues with it. In our particular area, we're back to, I'll say, normal. Fire danger is low. Debris burning is the number one cause of wildfires in Wisconsin, and it certainly is no different here. So those are the trends, and they've been that way for many, many years. That's usually our busiest time of the year. So then how many calls do you respond to on average, or what types of these calls? We cover 300 square miles of jurisdiction in Wood and Clark County. We do annually around 400 calls a year. Most of that is EMS. As far as fire calls, what do we see the most of? Wildfire uh, is still the number one thing that we respond to. After that, more vehicle accidents with extrication, and then come structure fires and any other related fire. There is no average day. <laughs> there really isn't. Your day can start out as nothing, and in you know 20 minutes after you're on duty, you are going to whatever. There are no two calls the same. We have a lot of repeating patients, but no two fire calls are ever the same. How is it different for responders when you're heading to a call in the city versus maybe a wildfire or a farm accident? We have protocols for just about every response that you might be on. In the rural setting, which is almost all of Wood County, the biggest issue we run into is staffing. Staffing is at nightmare proportions right now. As far as training and protocols, we have a protocol as to how to respond to just about everything. You know, a wildfire response is different than a structural response in the equipment that we send. It's not any different in the amount of people that we send. If we don't have enough staff, we notify our neighbors. We utilize the MABIS system, the mutual aid box alarm system here in this county. So we have pre-planned mutual aid. That has been our saving grace when it comes to staffing issues. Egg accidents, the unique thing about them is that they are infrequent, which makes them more dangerous to us. Because, you know, if you're going to a car accident every day, you pretty much get used to managing those and what the issues are on scenes, that type of thing. A farm accident has a lot of variables to it. Where the incident is, you know, it's not usually out on the roadway. It could be in the back 40. The type of equipment we're dealing with is significantly stronger, more difficult to take apart than a typical automobile crash atmospheres. 
uh, on farms are just like they are in any industry. We can have all kinds of toxic atmospheres. So the exposure to the rescuer is a little different in a farm accident. So it's a unique training uh, that we do for specifically that. You know, years ago, we had a lot of firefighters that worked on farms, and they brought with them the knowledge of how this piece of equipment works and all the other unique things about a farm. Well, today we don't have those numbers anymore, so we have firefighters that have never experienced farm stuff. So one of the things we do when we get them prepared for farm training is we do a farm familiarization workshop. You go out to the farm, you tour it in conjunction with the farmer, pointing out hazards that we could get in trouble with and as well as the farm community could get in trouble with. So it's a give and take opportunity. We look for hazards that can hurt us and quite frankly they're the same things that can hurt them. So it's a prevention message as well. The equipment, we look at what people most often become entrapped in, and quite often that's harvesting equipment. So we see more harvesting accidents in the fall, you know, combines, balers, choppers, pickers, all those types of things are what people get entrapped in. So we do workshops on how to take those things apart, whether tear them apart or take them apart bolt by bolt. The atmospheres on farms are discussed specific to four particular areas. Manure gas, silo gas are the two big ones. Silo gas is its own unique gas. Manure gas is made up of four other gases. Both silo and manure can be deadly to the occupants as well as to firefighters that aren't aware of their presence. So we talk about where gas production happens, when it's most toxic, how do you protect yourself in those areas? One of the other unique areas on farms are confined spaces like silos and grain bins and things like that. Flowing grain is, is uh, one of the things that we've been trying to specialize on in the last few years. The number of flowing grain incidents in the Midwest uh, has climbed considerably. Most often people go into the bin to check on something or to level off an area or something, don't realize that it's hollowed out underneath them because the auger's been running. These types of incidents usually happen in uh, wintertime, and pretty soon they become entrapped as the, the grain collapses beneath them, and it's very much like quicksand. It's even faster than quicksand, and pretty soon they are totally buried in grain. We have to go in after someone, we have to be secured with harnesses and ropes and all these types of things, and we use some specialized tools to dig people out of grain. So can you take me through what is it like responding to maybe a barn fire when it is already so warm with those temperatures like we have right now? Our biggest issue with any big fire, summertime or winter, are the temperature extremes. Those are the things that attack our personnel. So a day like today, it's going to be in the 80s, uh, humidity's up a little bit. Personnel need to be rehabbed often. Rehabbing firefighters is something years and years ago we never did. You know, today we have specialized teams that we have on scene that do rehab for us. Uh, in other words, after firefighters been working for, you know, either one air bottle or two, depending upon what your protocol says, uh, they go into a rehab area and they have to be out of the fire for a certain amount of time, make sure their vitals are fine, that they're not getting dehydrated, so we rehydrate them uh, quite often. 
Uh, rehab is not necessarily new to the fire service, but we put a whole new emphasis on it these days. We don't have the numbers of firefighters like we used to, so we really have to take care of our own even more than we ever have before. The other side of the coin is in the winter, just staying warm. You would think that our turnout gear is nice and warm and toasty. Well, when it's 20 below, it's not. So, again, getting the people out of the environment into a safe place, making sure they're okay, that's a whole other thing that we have to do. It requires more people. So on large incidents, we bring in multiple departments. Staffing is the number one reason why we do that. But, you know, when the temperature extremes are there, we go through people a lot faster, too. So a day like today, we want to think ahead before the incident and keep in mind that, you know, rehab is something we're going to have to be doing or it's going to have to be done on that incident at some point. And ordering it up early on is is what we need to remember to do. Speaking of that number of volunteers and the labor issue, what are the trends in people who are volunteering, whether that's certain ages, demographics, and what can we do to get people interested in being in this career again? We here have tried multiple different things to recruit people. Our fire departments are basically aging out right now. The age of firefighters on scene is a lot higher than what it used to be, and ours is a unique job. It's not necessarily a nine-to-five, same routine every day type thing. That in itself you would think would be attractive, but it's not always. Is there anything else that we should know about rural responders and the work that you guys do to help us in times of need? As far as the farming community goes, there are a lot of things that farmers and fire departments can do together. The work that we do with the National Farm Medicine Center has shown that the partnerships between farms and fire departments are really special. We need to be invited out to the farm to look at what special things are going on in the farms in your area. And we need to be able to offer to that farm as a fire department, um, here's some ideas to keep you and your employees, your family safe. So just that familiarity is a huge part of what we need to do. That was Pittsville. Well, that (laughs) didn't really work out the way I was planning on it, but uh, we need to come out of that. And that's such great information from Pittsville Fire Chief Jerry Miner about rural responders and getting some more youth involved in the firefighters because they are aging out. And we've got to get a few more chores done here, but then we'll be hearing from Travis from uh, Premier Livestock. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, lucky us, we've got a guest on the phone with Travis from Premier Livestock. So you gave uh, Rocky a few days off, huh? Well, we got Travis Parr, and yes, uh, Rocky has uh, the week off. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got your first name right. (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. Uh, So, Travis, what happened in the markets last week? Okay, we can sure tell you about that. Good morning, everybody. This is the way the livestock did trade uh, ending uh, last week here at Premier Livestock. Them high-yielding cows continue to trade, uh, trade on a very strong market. Most of the high-yielding cows last week did trade from 103 to 118. We did top all the way up at 130. Most of the market cows do trade from 85 to 102, and them lower-yielding cows, 84 and down. Certified organic cows uh, remained pretty steady last week. Uh, high-yielding cows, 120 to 158. Them low-yielding organic cows, 119 and down. 
Uh, Fed cattle market got a little bit stronger last week uh, than higher choice and prime Holstein steers, 150 to 159. We did top at 164. Low choice and select Holstein steers, 140 to 149. The choice beef steers and heifers last week trading 158 to 170. We topped at 178 with the low choice and select Holstein uh, beef steers and heifers all trading from 157 and down. With them dairy choice uh, cross beef steers, 150 to 165. High only bulls last week on a pretty steady market, 105 to 120. We did top at 126, and then plainer quality bulls, 104 and down. Baby calf market, uh, very strong last Monday, tapered off a little bit on Thursday. Um, expect a good run of calves today and a very strong market on the Holstein and beef calves today. But the bull calves last week, uh, pretty much Monday's market, 175 to 390. We topped at 430. Holstein heifer calves, 30 all the way up to 160. With the quality beef calves, again, very strong, 350 to 600. We topped at $660 with them lighting off quality calves trading from 100 and down. This morning, uh, we'll start here at 10 o'clock selling the baby calves. Uh, 11, uh, 11 o'clock, we'll go on to the slaughter cattle and back uh, back and forth uh, with the calves and the cattle for the rest of the day to finish this out. Uh, no sale tomorrow, Tuesday, July 4th. I uh, hope everybody has a good holiday. And uh, we'll be back uh, to work on Wednesday with the dairy sale. Uh, and that uh, dairy sale, we do feature a herd of Jersey cows on there, and, uh, a few more spring and heifers, and uh, quite a list on the um, on the website. So please go to that and uh, check out our early consignments for Wednesday's dairy sale. Thursday, we'll finish up the week, uh, starting south 11 o'clock with um, the sheep and goat sale, go to baby calves around the noon hour, and then uh, finish up the sale uh, with our cattle at the end of the day on Thursday. So a little bit shorter week, but very, very busy here at Premier Livestock. So lots of sales coming up here. Just check us out on our website. 715-229-2500 is the number at the office. Give us a call if you have any questions. Other than that, we'll be back uh, back with you guys and give you the update on Wednesday morning. Sounds like a good plan. Hey, I do have a question for you. Are you guys sure. open tomorrow for taking cattle in for Wednesday sale? We'll be open uh, from 4 to 8. Okay. So if you uh, want to sneak them in there instead of going see the fireworks, I guess that's what you do, right? You sure can. All righty. Well, thank you so much. And that was Travis Parr Par from Premier Livestock in Withy. And we'll slide right over. And Mike, going to tell us about some hot weather today? Oh, it is going to be a hot one, Jill. That's for sure. <laughs> well, sounds like it's good pool time or air conditioning time or something. Yeah, AC would uh, would be a must for today because we'll have temperatures in the low to mid-90s. Plenty of sunshine, and again, it is going to be hot. Now, we'll have some low-level moisture creeping in, and that'll lead to a little bit of humidity going into the afternoon. And that leads to instability, which could spark a few showers and storms later on tonight as we dip to the upper 60s. So it is going to be a pretty mild night. But then looking ahead at tomorrow, we'll have just a chance at a few showers and storms going into the early part of tomorrow. But then tomorrow afternoon, more sunshine and still a bit of heat into the upper 80s, low 90s. Tomorrow night, though, this is where we have a better chance at some strong to potentially severe thunderstorms moving through, uh, which may put a bit of a damper on some of the fireworks displays. But then going into Wednesday, starting off with possibly a lingering shower and then cooling off and drying out quite a bit. Our highs on Wednesday only in the mid to upper 70s. Thursday, another day of sunshine, upper 70s. Friday, Saturday, low 80s, more sunshine. And Sunday brings us a chance at some showers and storms, partly sunny and low 80s. And right now we have a mostly clear sky, pretty comfortable overall with a temperature of 61 and that dew point at 58 degrees. Well, it is pretty nice out this morning. The moon sure was out big and bright this morning, too. 
Yes, it was uh, actually a really nice look at the the moon on my drive in. I, I was kind of taking a moment to appreciate and then realized I had to keep my eyes on the road. <laughs> Good choice. Yes. Good choice. All right, Joe. Well, I uh, hope you have a great Independence Day, and we'll be talking with you. Absolutely. All right. You bet. Bye-bye. And that was Mike Dandrea with our weather for this morning, and our Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. And that's the weather on Wax 104.5. We're going to get through a few more chores, and we're going to be hearing from Jurassics about their farm and i was down there for the trempolo county dairy breakfast i had the opportunity to come on down to the trempolo county dairy breakfast i caught up with ken jurassic what's the main reason that you decided to host the dairy breakfast this year main thing is uh i'm the fourth generation of our farm and it's been 150 years back and my son paul and his kids are the sixth generation so it's quite quite an honor very few businesses go beyond two or three generations. So you're the more, we'll call you experienced farmer here. So what is your part in the farm? When we're making hay, I cu- uh, cut the hay and I, on the bunkers I, I pack. But every morning I feed the calves. And, and if it depends on if we need milkers, I'll be the scraping and stuff. I don't generally do milk anymore, but I do the scraping, keep cows moving. And... So this is your retirement plan then to just stay busy, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm not. I'm not retiring. I'm going to just get a little more tired. <laughs> well, it's just good to see so much action and a lot of stuff happening out here. And I'm going to switch on over to Paul Jurassic. Now you are the sixth generation. Tell me about the operation down here. Uh, we milk uh, about 175 cows in a freestyle barn. Uh, we have a double eight par- parallel par- parlor. Um, we grow um, alfalfa, corn, and soybeans. Total about a thousand acre farm. So with a thousand acres and that many cows, you're awfully busy, or do you get some help around? Yeah, we rely on uh, custom help. We have a neighbor uh, plant and harvest our crops, and uh, another neighbor uh, does all the chopping for us. So we, we can. Um, so our main goal is we we focus on the cows, animal health, and keep the keep the barn rolling. And those cows, where you at with the herd average? Uh, we average uh, around twenty eight thousand pounds. A milk per year, um, about a 4-1 uh, fat and a 3-1% protein. Somatic cell counts uh, low, it's uh, about 100. Somatic cell counts, um, we just really focus on um, animal health, udder health, and um, getting a quality milk product. Let's take a little look in the future. I saw you had some kiddos sitting by you. What does it look like for them to be diving into the farm? Well, thanks to my dad, I had a huge opportunity to come back to the farm. And that's the goal for the next generation as well, is give them an opportunity. Um, not really sure what that may be with, uh, with the markets, either dairy or grain-wise, but, um, but I know there will be an opportunity for them on this land, and I'm um, very happy for that. And as I mentioned, we are down here at the dairy breakfast. What are some of the sites that the pancake eaters are going to be able to see, Ken? main thing we did last year, we installed the solar panels. We put 168 panels on our dairy barn. And another location, we put in another 34 for where, where Paul lives. And then where I live, we put another 38 panels on. We inve- put a whole investment, but it's like another income potential. Instead of paying for electricity, we, we were generating our own. So we, we spent a lot of money, but it's, it's, I think it's going to be worth it in the long run. And you led me right into your next question. 
do these solar panels provide enough for the farm to keep going? It will in the summertime, and, and we'll probably go up the bank some kilowatts. And in the wintertime, we won't have enough. You know, so we're all the electricity and solar goes into the grid, into the grid, and we two meters what we use and what we what we sell. You're focused on solar power, but you've done some not always the traditional parts of farming. Starting with that parlor, when did that go in? Uh, 2006. We built uh, the double eight par- parallel parlor. And, and some of the other features around the farm? Yeah, the freestyle barn holds uh, about 180 cows. Um, we have a bunker system. All our, our haylage and corn silage get uh, piles and, and a bunker on a blacktop pad. And um, our calf barn, we have an automatic feeder for a calf barn. And what about the maintenance on, like, that automatic feeder? Do you do that, or do you have, have to have somebody come in there and yeah, we have, tinker it? Yeah, we have uh, um, Lang's Dairy out of Iowa. They come up, they... they um, they take care of our parlor and our um, our calf barn. So for planning ahead, you've had those conversations on how you want the farm to continue. Right. What have you done so the next generation can have a place in the dairy industry? Well, mainly is when we started dairy, we, we got an LLC for just the dairy and 80 acres. And that the, the kids can, it's for the dairy. Since then, uh, I have another son, but they both have been able to purchase some land. Instead of I'm purchasing the land, they're purchasing the land. They're renting some land, and uh, so so they're already getting some equity into, into their you know farming. Chance to make some extra money. So I'm going to take a little look ahead and with those solar panels installed last year. Any plans for any big updates, or just some regular maintenance stuff you want to make even better? I think the main thing is just keep things flowing, especially um, with um, lower dairy prices. Um, keep our equipment up to date. And uh, keep our cows healthy. I think that's that's been the tickets to keep us going so far, and we'll keep riding it out. Great to hear. Great turnout here at the dairy breakfast, and I appreciate the pancakes, the ice cream, and those cheese curds. Thank you for hosting. And that was Ken and Paul Jurassic Jurassic Homestead Dairy in Trumplow County, and I'm Joe Welke. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I was having a little trouble getting stuff downloaded, and, but I've got Morgan with the local news, and we'll find out what she has to tell us. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Coming out of a weekend and plugging back into a new week, we begin with headlines that keep us in our area and a pilot in the hospital. This after a parachute crashed into power lines in Chittack. It happened Saturday evening. This is at the intersection of Lakeview Drive and City Park Drive. The pilot was using a motorized parachute at the time and got tangled up in the lines. Crews said the pilot was airlifted to a hospital with injuries. The FAA now investigating that crash. Well, crews on site and firefighters say no one hurt in a house fire. It was in the town of Pleasant Valley Saturday evening, and everyone did make it out of the house okay by the time they arrived. The fire did gut the home, though, considered a total loss. Eau Claire Sheriff's Office and Township Fire Departments both investigating that fire. No word on the cause of that blaze. As we look to other headlines across the state, gas prices hanging out pretty steady. Maybe if you had to fill the tank as you headed to the campground or maybe plans to uh, do that in today or tomorrow for 4th of July. Just a heads up there, the prices are hanging out pretty stable. And when it comes to those celebrations, some experts just give you some safety reminders about using those fireworks. Grand Rapids Fire Department Battalion Chief Mark Newman here saying dry conditions. Just want to be sure you're okay. Remember that, hey, it's been dry. I know we did get a little bit of rain, but it has been dry. And every year we get fireworks, fires related to them due to grass fires, 
structure fire, stuff like that, if they're doing them too close to the house. He goes on to say you definitely want to make sure you're shooting off fireworks safely, not into a crowd or towards a house or anything like that. And away from the sky, what's on the plate? What goes on your hot dog and what doesn't? Bree Tennis, there are rules, right? The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council says if you're under the age of 18, it's a yes for ketchup, but not if you're older. They say you should eat your hot dog in five bites. It's just proper etiquette. Also, dress the dog, not the bun. Start with wet condiments and move your way to relish, chili, and sauerkraut. About 150 million dogs will be eaten on this 4th of July across this great land. 68% of us say we'll use mustard, 61% ketchup, and 19% mayo. So obviously, not everyone is following the rules. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Of course, you can't really get the hot dog until you do the chores, and we take it back to the barn with Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. 715-223-6345. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's 62 degrees out there. It is 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, and we need to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers nephers dollar forty five to dollar seventy six. Choice dairy cross steers nephers dollar forty five to dollar seventy one. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty nine to a dollar forty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar thirty eight and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from a dollar three to a dollar twenty. Weight a top of a dollar twenty two. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy five to a dollar two. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from seventy four and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.40 to $1.57. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.39 and down. Cold bulls sold from $95 to $1.15. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $380 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $620 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, July 7th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And to get to more markets, we get to hear from... Oh, geez. I forgot who I was talking to. Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. Wow, it's definitely Monday for me. Well, that's all right. So, I mean, you, it's, uh, we're we're all entitled to all that. And this, the heat is getting to you already, huh, Jill? Good morning. I think it is. I think I kind of melted a little bit yesterday. So, uh, uh, well, take it easy today then. But anyway, we will uh, update the folks on what's going on over here at Equity Stratford. How about we do that? Perfect. All right, Jill. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And a brief summary from last week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, uh, most markets continue to be very strong, especially the uh, cow market and fed cattle market. Uh, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein beef cows in yesterday, or last week's auction, I should say, are selling from a dollar up to a top of dollar twenty-four. Most of the cows last week were sold between uh, seventy-eight and a dollar. Thinner cows below seventy-five. Organic market last Tuesday, uh, high-yielding organics from one sixty-five to one seventy-three and a half. Fed cattle, your choice grading Holstein steers. Uh, 
Uh, mostly in that uh, range from 140 to 158. Uh, High-yielding cho- high choice prime Holsteins from 158 to 163. Very strong calf market a week ago. Uh, a little bit weaker toward the end of the week, but better quality Holstein bull calves. Selling mostly from 200 to 350. A lot of fancy bull calves early in the week from 350 up to 445. Your heifer calves last week, mostly 50 to 175. Beef calves, uh, new heights, very, very, very high on the beef calves. Very good demand on beef calves from 250 to 550. A lot of beef calves on Monday from 600 up to a top of 730. We got to talk about this week, though. Not much change in the schedule. Uh, we will, uh, of course, be closed tomorrow, but uh, we will open up bright and early this morning at 10 o'clock here, full marketing day today here at Equity Stratford. Of course, we will be selling market cows, like I said, starting at 10 o'clock. Also fed cattle today, market bulls. We get those babies, baby calves about 11.30 today. And like I said, we will be closed tomorrow, no auction tomorrow. So uh, our next organic auction will be next Tuesday, July 11th. We'll resume Wednesday morning. Uh, Full marketing day on Wednesday this week, and of course does include feeder cattle. We do have some good quality black Angus cattle for that feeder sale already on Wednesday, and of course Thursday auction regularly is scheduled, 11 o'clock start time. So about the only only change this week here in Stratford will be no sale tomorrow, but uh, uh, Jill was talking a little earlier, uh, very warm today, folks, so uh, get the chores done this morning, have some breakfast, and get the cattle on the road before it gets really warm and we'll get them through the market before we get those high temperatures this afternoon. So, Jill, you enjoy the day, and also, folks, have a good, safe, enjoyable Fourth of July holiday, and we'll be back uh, talking to you folks here on Wednesday morning. And I do have a question. Are you guys open on tomorrow to take cattle for the Wednesday sales? No, we will not be. Okay, so that's that's good to know. They will yep, not and, uh, not be open on Tuesday to take cattle for the Wednesday sale. So get up bright and early on Wednesday morning and head them over to Equity Stratford. Yep, and uh, like I said today, too, it's going to be very warm. So um, um, roll them on in early this morning because we're probably not going to see that 90 until, what, 3, 4 o'clock this afternoon, huh? Yeah, probably. All right, All right Jill, you have a nice day, and uh, we'll talk to you and Bob on Wednesday morning. Sounds good. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We've got to get through a few more chores here, getting close to our 6 o'clock hour. June dairy month is over. Hopefully most of the dry weather is over, too, so the crops can get uh, more of a drink as we continue the growing season. Let's talk about pastures, forages. Dan Understander, our state forage specialist, with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And Dan... For the most part, around here, we can still keep the cows and animals out on pasture. But is there any concern about having animals on pasture now and what they might consume in those fields? Yes, Bob, absolutely. Uh, We have a number of toxic weeds that grow in our pastures. And uh, normally, animals will avoid them because they don't taste good. But if we start running short on forage in the pastures, then the animals will consume things that they wouldn't normally eat. And then that's when we run into problem with uh, toxic plants. So it it is worthwhile to to walk your pastures or look at them a little bit, see uh, if you have any toxic plants in there. And again, there there are a number of them that grow in our region. Then uh, decide if... um, you're going to have the animals keep grazing that area. Uh, if you do find a number of toxic plants and a little other forage, it may be ahead to pull the animals off 
to mow the pasture, and then to, when we get some rain, and hopefully we will, then to allow the animals to come back onto the pasture. Again, uh, something we don't think about, but uh, a lot of the weeds aren't uh, hurt nearly as bad as the grasses and legumes we'd like to grow. All weeds do go into a reproductive stage when there's a drought, and so uh, we may get some toxicity from the seed heads and, and other parts of the plant. Really, the important thing is to walk your pastures a little bit to see if you have anything growing in there other than legumes and grasses. And if so, identify it and then uh, deal appropriately with it. Again, hopefully we'll move out of this situation, but with the dry weather we've had, and particularly on lighter soils, uh, it's uh, entirely possible to run into some problems on pastures and looking ahead will help you deal with that. Weeds are tough. Get rid of them before they do some damage. Dan Undersander, good advice this morning. Our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa update program. That's a good reminder to get out there and check on those pastures. Here's our final look at our markets. Chicago Board of Trade, corn for December is four ninety eight up three cents. Oats for December is four oh eight up a fraction. November soybeans are sitting at thirteen eighty five up forty two cents. And December wheat is at six sixty six down three cents. And our country elevator prices, wheat and grain chip falls in Connorsville location. Corn's at five oh three and wheat beans are at fifteen oh two. Golden pump in Arcadia, corn's at five twenty eight. Baldwin 458 and 1482 Duran 458 and 1482 Mondovi 458 for the corn and 1492 for the beans Elmwood 468 and 1482 Fall Creek 448 and 1472 Osseo 468 and 1487 for their beans Elk Mound 501 and 1497 Sparta 516 and 1538 Ellsworth 1448 and 1462 Northside Elevator Loyal Location 506 for corn and 1502 for beans Arcadia Location 506 for corn and 1535 for beans at our ethanol plants Boyceville's 520 Stanley 498 New Richmond 493 and our cheese markets barrels 134 and a half down a half 40 pound blocks 133 and a half up a half gray double a butter 244, no change from Friday. Class 3 milk, July 1418, up 9 cents. August 1486, up 9 cents. And September, up 6 cents to 1602. And our markets are are open today, but closing tonight and won't be opening again until Wednesday morning. And that's our show for today. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.